This is CliffCentral.com. Hi, everyone. You're about to listen to a leadership conversation uh, between myself, Adrian Grunewald, and the old man, Louis Grunewald, as part of a new series called Leadership Lessons from the Bush. Enjoy. Welcome to Leadership Thoughts that uh, myself and the old man, Louis Grunewald, I'm Adrian Grunewald, are just going to share with you. We're sitting here next to the Crocodile River in Kruger National Park. Hopefully you'll hear some of the noises as we catch a breath to uh, share some more thoughts. We're sitting in our car, just overlooking this wonderful river. Bird sounds all around. And when you spend time here, you tend to think about things maybe a little bit deeper. And you can go into quiet mode and ponder around leadership issues, societal issues, personal issues, and very few environments are more authentic than the African bush right here by Kruger National Park. So we're sitting here, just decided to look at a few thoughts on our minds, things happening out there that's impacting our society, how does it relate to leadership, and many other issues. And uh, yeah, here's the old man with me. Louis Grunewald, old man, hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Yeah. So I hope you can hear the birds. It's very alive. Thank you for joining us. So what's on your mind, uh, old man? I mean, we've got lots of things happening in our country, never a dull moment. There are lots of uh, situations that one can talk about that impact leadership that's impacting the country's culture I know as we've been here the last two weeks uh, we've done a lot of talking and writing around the opportunity to bring leaders out here so that they can find their own authentic self like never before the word authentic leadership or those two words of become buzzwords a little bit so we all realize we need authentic leaders to somehow I don't know sort out society it seems like there's a huge trust deficit between leaders and followers leaders have not been authentic enough or performed well enough collectively speaking economically politically socially and we look at where the world is so as I wrote recently, there was a time when if we happened to develop leaders effectively, we would have probably, um, what's the right word? We probably would have saved the planet, but I don't know that we did that successfully. And then we went into an era where we needed authentic leaders to be developed very effectively. And... I want to argue that we didn't do that very effectively. Why did we need to develop authentic leaders? Because when uh, leaders failed in general, the trust between leader and follower was damaged to a very large degree. So now we needed to develop authentic leaders, but that wasn't done effectively either. We're now at a stage where we need to develop authentic leadership activists Individuals who are not only trying to be their best authentic self, selves, but also proactively and actively develop authentic leaders under them. 
so that we can somehow turn around this society that we live in. So that's something maybe we can we can talk about. Uh, you know, the the impact we could have on the world out there if we bring top leaders to this authentic environment so that they can dig deeper than ever before, connect with who they are, and then hopefully go back into society and lead better. Any thoughts about that, Louis, the impact on this environment and it, what it can have on our leaders who are out there in the city, in the world, fighting the fight, but struggling, no doubt? I certainly have, Arden. Um Recently, you know, in between our great privilege to have conversations with thought leaders, and locally and also internationally, a certain pattern has emerged, um, which is a game-breaker in terms of thinking. This pattern determines that you can't change people's behavior, really. Um, people have to change themselves. Now, that can be interpreted in various ways. Um, but the one common theme with some of the very sharp people we've spoken to is dedicated lifetimes to try and understand human motivation better. One common theme is that you need to find your inner peace and your inner value system. Um, and certainly this environment is, is, is very powerful in terms of, of allowing a person to see themselves in a different light. Um, perhaps it's the context of nature, being close to realities of life and death and beauty and promise. Um, on the one side, there seems to be great cruelty to us. other side, it's just gentleness and purity and innocence as well. Now, these things help us. Um, the principle, though, of if it's true, and I mentioned the word game-breaker, that you can't change people's behavior, some people just give up. But now the contrary is true. Yes, you can change people's behavior if one understands the the art of appealing to the inner self so they themselves make the changes. Um, sometimes we manipulate people, we, we instruct them, and in a sense we enforce them with a culture that we generate for, say, profitability, but it doesn't change people. So when the pressure comes, and this is the theme that comes out in, in our modern society, when the pressure comes out, people tend to fade. And cave in is a term one of our guests used, uh, a well-qualified person to do that. So, mm. Martin, I really believe that that we're getting to stage now that we must change our understanding of leaders' development, not telling people what to do. That plays a small role. It's about uh, uh, allowing them to reach within themselves and then want to make the change. But don't you think a lot of leaders think that they have reached within themselves? They might think that they know exactly what their own inner compass is or what their deepest, deepest sense of purpose is and their own values and and they feel that they do know themselves but yet the world is in the state that we find it in. So, so are we talking here about finding a way to do things differently? In other words, any leadership development program would encourage a leader or try and assist a leader to, to, to get to know him or herself, to be self-aware. That's what we're talking about. But we're also talking about going deeper than ever before because the, the problem we face is deeper than ever before. The issues that are that, that's facing the current but certainly the future generation is, is just um, 
almost incomprehensible. I mean, it's uh, so, so. In a way, we're saying leaders have to find themselves at, at a much deeper level than ever before. Connect with with something deeper, and and normal programs out at some hotel or fancy places, it's just not working anymore. The leader needs to find a very quiet moment, quiet moments. It could be five or six or seven days, and reach deeper than he or she has ever gone before in order to to connect with that me that authentic self um, is that what we're saying or, you, or are we saying what everyone else is saying anyway well perhaps yes or no the, the fact though is that your point is a very valid one um, we meet many people um, and quite a few of them are quite uh, aware of what drives them and the value system they say so, and I believe they probably believe that. But there is another commonality we come across, Audien, of the hundreds of people we have conversation with, the people we help to train, etc. Et there is those, perhaps, minority that have a certain mindset that enables them to be constantly um, aware of the need to grow and change. Now, it, call it humility call it a spiritual uh, foundation, call it whatever you'd like. However, if we should uh, classify leaders, and we don't normally like to do that, many are confident in what they're doing. You can almost say to the point of arrogance, which, let's face it, is, is, is understandable in order to, to cope with the tremendous pressures out there. But there are those, audience that are great achievers, but they have this hunger to search for deeper meaning and that's what we speak about. So it's a degree. It's a, it's a, and, and this could be a, a factor that hits us at different stages of our lives. This basically we go through phases as well. But the ability to be teachable, to be humble, and to seek out deeper meaning of who you are, what your drivers are, that's an attribute that not everybody tends to have. We tend to settle into a mode of contact. And before it may have worked, the truth is, that very successful organizations almost in overnight can start to cave in. It's just different nowadays. We need a different understanding um, of the need to nourish ourselves all the time. All right, so, I mean, we can talk about this for a long time, but basically we're discovering, as we've had interviews of late with Dr. Wolfers, um, Inaka, I think, is a, is a first name, who's just brought out a book on authentic leadership, We've had conversations with various doctors and professors and top leaders who are out there doing their thing. Uh, authentic individuals trying to understand what authentic leadership is. But somehow, as a society, we haven't succeeded very well at developing or multiplying authentic leaders. And we are saying that we have almost passed that phase or stage in our society where developing authentic leaders or multiplying authentic leaders is good enough for what we need as a society. We actually now need authentic leaders that are activists. And we're not saying pick up guns, but in a certain way we are. We've got to realize that if we don't do something dramatic, we're not going to turn the tide on a toxic chaos almost that, that reigns supreme in our, in our society. We see uh, the bastions of, of corporate integrity, big corporates, wonderful brands, that everyone thought was above reproach coming down, tumbling, crumbling because of a, a lack of, of moral leadership, ethical leadership, 
and therefore authentic leadership. And, and as we spend time here, I mean, those who know me will know that since January this year, I am involved in a real-life experiment. So my family and I decided to live here in Marloth Park, which is borders on Kruger National Park. You can hear the bird life. We're sitting, as I said earlier, right next to Crocodile River that is in Kruger National Park. And having this conversation, we decided to pack up and, and try and see what it's like to live here. And I commute back and forth, but my family's here. Kids are, are doing homeschooling, and, and we often have family visit us here. So what happens is family or friends would visit us for two, three days and, and go back rejuvenated because somehow they connected with the kudus, the bushbuck, the, the, uh, I don't know, the monkeys. They saw lion over there hunting. They, they, they somehow connected just with the birds, and, and they feel refreshed. They feel like they've... I don't know, something inside of them have, have awakened. And that has made us think really, really hard about how can we bring leaders here, um, old man, and help them find something within them that they haven't found before. Or help their managers around them find that something. And then go back into society and lead much more authentically. It requires the right questions from the right people. And then it requires a very high level of honesty when you answer those questions as a leader. The right questions and the right answers. And I think one can expedite that journey in the right environment. So so that's the one thing that's on our minds. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that. We're, we're developing that, call it service or that product or that offering to the world. Everyone wants to come to Kruger National Park. Everyone wants to come to the African bush. Everyone is so excited when they hear, gee, was, how can you live there? Wow, you're so lucky. Well, we want you to taste it. But then we want you to also see this picture we're seeing of where the world is going. And sometimes it requires going out of that unauthentic, toxic environment into an authentic one so that you can then go back in and see what maybe others don't see. And therefore, if we pull leaders out of their current context, ask the right questions, they answer those questions. They can see the picture from the context of being here. And they can see the picture back home, if I can call it that. Uh, then maybe they will lead differently. Odin, uh, I think though it's important to add, you know, one one can't really um, guide people in areas that you've not been yourself. Uh, we've got some friends over here who are game wardens who take people on safaris, etc. And they've got years of experience. They see things that uh, that the normal visitor does not see because normally visitor comes here and all he wants to see is big five. But life here is far deeper and broader and greater scope than just a big five. Um, just like life out there is far deeper and broader than just <laughs> the cars and the houses and, 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 and the performance and the objectives and the vision and... And, and the share price uh, and in the yeah. bush they, there's so much more and if you can discover that I guess more and more you can see the world out there with a different eye it's just that we're going into a phase now where I think our society especially in South Africa are developing a profound respect for authentic people there's a new affinity arising between people across race you wouldn't uh, think that if you look at the kind of leaders running society running businesses in many respects running running politics or our society, you would think, hold on, on the one hand, the world really wants authentic leaders, Leaders, we all know it, but on the other hand, we keep voting for the wrong ones. It's just that, Arden, the excesses of these leaders are really um, 
doing us a great favor because now our society in South Africa has been forced to to respect people who really have uh, great values and are prepared to stick their head out because and we've had several people on our shows as well as you know so what I'm saying is that uh, the ability to inspire other people is directly um, conditional on one's own understanding of your own um, experiences in this respect. Now, the the point though is that it's not just a a growth in that uh, sense of mental awareness. It's an intuitive and emotional experience. And that's when a person's light starts shining in their eyes and their passion starts coming through. When they themselves experience a measure of this life change, then suddenly... Uh, the the usual things around them start looking differently. Suddenly their, their values and that which they consider to be of more important. We've come across some great leaders who've made some drastic changes in their own home life, for instance. Uh, we think of two prominent leaders who have almost cut out TV in the homes because they realize in order to really build a healthy family life, they have to stop allowing the TV and videos to actually be the parents. So it takes courage to do so. And I think the basis is it always starts with us personally. So I think in this environment, you can get closer to who you really are than perhaps in most other environments, I would say. Yeah, so so, so that's an interesting point that we can have a lot of... Um, we would have a lot of views around that. A lot of people would have views around it. And, and I kind of think of... Um, I think in today's world, if you want to return back to your authentic self or even your authentic activist inside of you, you have to start challenging the status quo. You, you know, the, the, you have to challenge your lifestyle. You have to challenge how you approach things, how you become quiet. You have to approach yourself differently and dig deeper and find something within you that, that you didn't know existed. Even though you're a current CEO or a current executive or if we have to do things differently, and uh, and that's why I like our current experiment that we've we've uh, we're undertaking as a family. But all right, so basically, we have to find unique, dynamic, effective ways to develop authentic leaders, but even authentic leadership activists. We think bringing them to the most authentic environment you can find. One certainly being this wonderful African bush uh, place. And then asking the right questions and then answering it honestly could expedite that journey. And one could go back with much more clarity and a different context. And and that's something we certainly want to explore. All right, so that's the one thought on our minds as we spent a couple of weeks here uh, right next to Kruger National Park. And, um, of course, if you put us together, then we have conversations. Um, What else is on your mind, old man? What else are we thinking about? I'm thinking about the fact that we have a president who keeps dodging the legal system. And I don't want us to break down our president or have a deep debate about Jacob Zuma. But I do want us to look at the implications of that. The implications of a so-called sound legal system we have, yet the president manages to... to um, uh, I don't know deviate from it or dodge it although he says he wants his day in court what does that do what does that do to our society when 
we send some kind of message that the watchdog of our ethics, maybe in morals, namely the constitutional court, the legal process, is actually not respected, potentially. What are the other signs we're seeing? We're seeing the capture of very important state entities that also set the pace of our authentic or unauthentic environment. I'm concerned that we send the wrong messages. For example, if I as a leader inside a corporate environment or state department am trying to really be an authentic leader, trying to lead effectively, trying to impact, and I've met a couple of senior government officials recently, and I'm, I'm becoming good friends of theirs, who are trying to shift very important parts of our society forward. They are trying to serve community. They can be in corporate. They can make a massive difference there, but, but they choose to be government officials making a difference. How do they shield the outlook of people? How do they shield their people that follow them, that they lead from the broader societal shifts and changes happening? A disregard maybe for morals and values, a disregard for authentic leadership, a disregard for for good things. Um, and then you need to create a I don't know, a bit of a barrier, and you can't do that fully. A protective barrier around your people that you're trying to lead in your business. Because they are affected by what's going on out there, by certain mentalities um, that exist in our society. What's the, the one mentality that we always talk about? You feel the world owes you? Entitlement. entitlement mentality different kinds of entitlement mentalities that that exist how do you if there is an entitlement mentality in broader society how do you shield your employees from having an entitlement mentality because that will bring them nowhere in the corporate environment uh, where things are very much about movement and about performance and accountability so those are some thoughts on my mind. Um, old man, Any anything from your side? I, I think, Arjun, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the discussion that the, the people who are doing such corrupt things are really um, doing us a great favor because um, I think if we look carefully, we see um, clear signs of, of a great awareness arising amongst our people. It's internationally to some extent, but certainly... Uh, in our country and this awareness is that it's not um, up to our normal structures like our political parties etc to make these changes obviously they play an important role but there's awareness that these structures have been shaken we've lost trust but now a new trust is being built in other momentums even like private prosecutions for instance and of course by other organizations that are starting to really address issues and slowly and surely you find that these top people are starting to become accountable. Now um, to shrug your shoulders and say that won't work, it's just simply true. It, not true, it is working in some cases but I believe that uh, this is permeating all over the place. You mentioned these colleagues of yours that in government are, are playing this role. I think that the more we trust 
those kind of colleagues and affinities across all other barriers, the more we can make a change. And this is putting a different kind of pressure. I think a few years ago, politicians may ignored and just smugly um, didn't give much attention to this kind of pressure. Those times were changed. Not only social media, media powerful, but some of the organizations now involved are not just uh, organized, they are powerful in their own right, and they're taking the role uh, over, which should be done by by bureaucratic um, uh, organizations. This is exciting. I think that we're going to see some breakthroughs there. I really believe it's important to kind of shake the tree, and perhaps uh, quite a bit of the rotten fruit will be falling down in the process. How have we arrived at this place as a society? And I would maintain it's because of a lack of authentic leadership. But how have we arrived at this place where we clearly have more good than bad in this world? We clearly have more good people than bad people. And probably more well-intentioned leaders than toxic, uh, bad-intentioned leaders. There's, there's much more good news than bad news. But yet, somehow, the negativity, the negative leader, the negative news, the toxic side of society make much more inroads than the positive and impacts the attitude the collective attitude of let's say our nation much more than the positive does it make sense what I'm saying I mean how did we arrive here where negative so clearly outweighs positive when there's so much more positive out there than negative I really believe that there is a, a, a social pattern that we we like to ignore and that is that many of the people that are doing good things are also driven by a passion for in the personal interest in other words the the great desire to to be upward mobile in terms of position money and power um, now this is often discussed and is often ignored the truth is though that on the one hand our society speaks these great words of serving the poor and crossing the bridge. On the other hand, we are driven by this ambition that the way to measure me is by my income and by my standing and the power that I can exert out there. Now, if that, that model doesn't change, we are really building a nation of hypocrites. Okay, are you saying that, that, yes, in general, we have more good people than bad people, more good leaders than bad leaders, but even the good ones are on a, on a highway towards um, glass castles. Is that what you say? You know, they, they're striving for, for hollow um, aspirations or uh, achievements. Somehow have fallen prey to or have been trapped by a belief that, that wealth is... Yeah, I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm making a difference out there. But, but my real intentions... So most of the good people maybe have fairly superficial intentions. Well, the truth is, for example, if all the good guys with great talent, they are mostly caught up in important positions, and those positions drive them functionally to perform at a high level. This is the nature of society, and therefore they pay lip service to all these great, you know, good causes out there. Um, it's something that we can do about this personally. We're not going to change this overnight. And that's why we press so much value on the stars.
status and, and what the great film stars do. And, and so on the one hand, we say this is terrible. The next minute, we actually uh, admire these things a lot. So on a personal basis, and authentic leadership is always a personal thing. We need to look at it. Um, you speak of lifestyle changes. Part of the lifestyle changes is to look carefully at what one really needs out there to budget, to avoid debt, etc., etc. Now, I'm not change, saying we change the system overnight. We are bound to a capitalist kind of system, which is perhaps more merit than demerits. Um, and therefore, every person individually must ask himself, to what extent is he committed to this uh, drastic search for position and power, etc.? And to what extent does that deny him the, the, the privilege and the right? to be true to what he really believes in. Because, bear in mind, this, this hits at home. Um, the wage earners, and nowadays it's both man and woman, um, don't get to see their children much. They allow the schools and the TV and the video games to do a great deal of the, of the education. We pay a price. So, lifestyle changes means to really decide um, what is important to you. And I mentioned um, specifically the interviews we had with two great leaders and, and this happened that both of them said they made dramatic changes to home life or, because they realized they were losing their families while they were achieving great standing and power in their professional positions positions so we must be honest with ourselves to decide to what extent are we allowing our present lifestyle to run away with us <laughs> and like uh, dr bednas said you know we don't know where we're running to really this uh, uh, boils down to principle of learning to be quiet and learning to reevaluate one's value system really ultimately authentic leadership is really about honesty and being honest with the best part in all of us well some thoughts there by myself adrian grunewald and the old man louis grunewald we're sitting next to the crocodile river here uh, right next to kruger national park in marlis park i've been listening to the birds it's a very authentic environment. We've spoken about uh, the need for us to develop authentic leaders, but even authentic leadership activists. But how do we do that? And uh, that was an interesting conversation. We've spoken about, I don't know, the societal trend of of, of where we find ourselves in general, um, you know, in the political and social sphere. And there's much more we can talk about. Thank you for joining us. This is CliffCentral.com.